0: Welcome back, guys, to another A-10 Game of the Week. Last week, we had Richmond and VCU, and we had a great episode. This week, we have a game that is very important to us, very important to the conference. We have Davidson visiting St. Bonaventure, and no better than to have one of the best people in the St. Bonaventure community. We have Lobonax. How are you doing today? Hey,
1: thanks for having me on guys. Happy to come on a Davidson podcast. We've had Jack Gibbs on before on ours last year. So oh, wow. the Davidson Bonners rivalry is, is slowly but surely growing. Um, we just are very afraid that you guys are going to drill a zillion threes in the Riley Center like you always do.
0: <laughs> yeah, that'll definitely be something to watch, especially because we've been a little bit down shooting lately, but we'll see. And then yeah, you uh, always found one-
1: a way to pick it up in the Riley. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you
0: really do. <laughs> it's not just us from Davidson. We have Davidson expert Sam Goldfarb on with us too. How are you doing today, Sam?
2: I'm good. Uh, looking forward to tomorrow night. A little nervous, but as Lobana X said, we do tend to drain threes up in Olean, so I'm hoping that that trend continues.
1: Oh, yeah. by the way, Saint Bonaventure isn't in Olean. I'm required to say that. Oh yes, it's in Saint, <laughs> it's in
2: Saint Bonaventure. You're right. You're right. See um, on the Davidson website, it says Olean, so that's it does always. Up, yeah. No,
1: it's it's funny. There's just like for people who aren't familiar, there's one Bonas fan who's like militantly saying that St. Bonaventure isn't an Olean and like people just make fun of that. That's why it's become a little bit of a meme. But I think the reason why Davidson shoots threes pretty well at the Riley center is the sight lines are pretty similar to Belk. I think, I don't know if you guys agree with me on that, but it just seems like it's a similar style of arena,
2: pretty small backdrop too, just both, both arenas generally.
1: Yeah. Like big sideline stands and then like barely any stands behind the baskets and kind of a wall that kind of would help shooters. I think.
0: So Davidson's actually, I think, two and four in the Riley Center, which is a losing record. Really? But yeah. That's I insane. think that's what I found. Uh, I don't know how like so, not all those matches might be in the A10, but most of them right. should because only six games. In the past, the games with Davidson Bonaventure have all been some good games. Last year, both games were like three point, four point games, although Bonaventure was uh winning most of them for most of the way. Uh but yeah, what what makes the Riley Center such a good like home court because our home courts is a small and but arguably the Riley center is one of the best home courts in the conference so you want to talk about that for a little bit to start
1: yeah i think for people who aren't familiar the Riley center is set up where a lot of the students are behind one particular basket or on the sidelines near one particular basket and so because the students are typically so close to the court it's really it's a really intimidating place for a lot of opponents to play um you can definitely hear players on the court drawing back and forth with some students. Sometimes the refs sometimes as well. We would, we would definitely talk to them. Um, So I went to St. Bonaventure a few years ago and I graduated right before they took away the students standing on the court, actually back. I think this is like right when Davidson first joined the A-10, but students were actually technically on the court during the game, a little bit farther back, but um, there was always security pushing us back. But now there's like a line, of like front row seats like you would see in an NBA arena, but it still is pretty close to, the student section still very close. And I think that kind of intimidating factor does matter for opponents. And this game is going to be interesting because unlike our other big home A-10 games, we're not going to have our students on break this time because we played VCU when students are on break, or I guess the St. Louis game did get scheduled for the 14th. So back then it was supposed to be scheduled during winter break. And our Richmond game is supposed to be during spring break. So I think this is the biggest game that students will see this year at home. And even though we had a bunch of students that did end up going to Charleston, like my man, Captain Beer was down in Charleston with me. That was fun. But I think this is the biggest game for students to have at home. So I think that'll be a really good, hopefully good for us, for the Bonnies, to have a good home court factor. But yeah, the Riley Center, it's the equivalent of uh, football in the South where We basically just had basketball and drinking beer and snow and all three of those things will probably come together on Tuesday.
0: So we are going to get into uh, that game and um, some other A-10 games. But one thing we just want to talk about briefly, uh, you're now a little Bengals X, changes the name pretty often, I guess. We'll just go really quick.
1: Um... So I'm not a Bills fan. I've made it
0: Chiefs X just to piss off
1: Bills fans. There's plenty of Bonus fans who are Bills fans. I'm not. I'm a little bit of an NFL anarchist, so I didn't really care if the Bills or Chiefs won. So it was a good way to just, you know, definitely get some people upset. I lost quite a few bonus followers. I really? thought they would at least understand that I was clearly like messing with them. But some people take it too seriously. They take their Bills too seriously. And yeah, I changed it to Bengals because I want the Bengals to win. So I don't know if you all are on the Joe Burrow bandwagon but Joe Burrow is awesome he actually had a tweet from 2013 talking about how much he loved the St. Joe's team from 2004 with uh, Jameer Nelson and Delonte West and somebody resurfaced that the other day I think the only fans like replied and asked him if he liked the uh, 2013 LaSalle Sweet 16 team so Joe Burrow is pretty
0: awesome (laughs) even the official conference Twitter like quote tweeted his tweet from 2013, which is
1: all oh, they did. Like, I didn't
2: see yeah, like eight. Awesome. <laughs> oh, <Yeah. laughs> uh, uh, big Joe Burrow guy here. Big Joe Burrow guy here.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I took Bengals Rams on a uh, Sunday.
0: I was like, these two are going to make it.
2: It you did clutch. better than me. Did
0: better than me. <laughs> well then, did Vandy ever compete against Joe Burrow when you played them? Yeah, no,
3: we got killed by Joe, Joe Burrow. I was actually, I was, I'm a Vanderbilt fan, which is awful on the oh. side, of, on the side of being a Davidson fan. But sorry, I like UConn football, so we had a hell of a game. Yeah, in October. exactly. We, <laughs> that was we a great UConn. game. That was, was a great game. That was. It a was dumb, game, but it was but great. <laughs> I was like working at Target, and I was in the back, like with my phone out, sort of trying to do work at the same time as watching Joe Burrow. Torch us! We gave up like (laughs) seventy points, and that was that was awful. But yeah, no, Joe Burrow is awesome. I'm from Nashville, and so automatically, I'm a Titans fan. But I don't really care about the NFL that much. Yeah. Um, But you know, if anyone's gonna beat the Titans and go on, I I would hope it's Joe Burrow to go win the Super Bowl. I'm a Reds fan too, which is kind of a weird matchup. So I guess I kind of have that Cincinnati loyalty to. Root for the Bengals here.
1: Tennessee's kind of a weird spot in Kentucky, too. They're kind of in this like no man's land of pro sports, unless like you got the Predators and, and Titans. <laughs> yeah, I just think Joe Burrow is the smoothest dude in
2: America. Joe, Joe Burrow and Devin Booker are the two smoothest people in America. I, I, can't, I can't hate it, my love
0: So, who are we actually? Maybe we'll add this to our pick em chart. Who are we actually picking for the Super Bowl to win?
2: I want, I want the Bengals. I want, I want the riding. Bengals. I want the Bengals, but I, I, I think Aaron Donald's going to destroy that O line. But I want, but I still want to pick the Rams, but I want the Bengals.
1: I like he's firepower on offense, and I know they've they gave up a lot of sacks to the Titans, and that could be an issue. But I I like their firepower on offense. I I, I don't know if uh, McVay will be able to keep up. I mean, yeah, they have Matt
3: Stafford who can sling it around, but I don't know. I like the momentum that Cincinnati is on. Exactly. Yeah, I think all you have to do is give Burrow like two seconds, and yeah, yeah. Um, and, and just
2: hit a screen pass. Like I mean, exactly, it's definitely
3: possible. Yeah. He's he's insane. But yeah, no. On the other side of it, Matt Stafford winning a Super Bowl. That's kind of a good story, too. I yeah. feel like this is probably the best Super Bowl like win-win either way. Like I didn't oh, yeah. want Mahomes to win. I agree. No, yeah, I mean, it feels good. I, I don't know how, how – how do you feel about Tom Brady winning another <laughs> ring?
2: I, I, I'm i a Patriots fan. Oh, right. oh, I'm okay, going right. to love him for life. I'm going to love him for life.
3: Oh, well, I think it'll be a
1: cool matchup. Any Bonneys fans listening, I love Tom Brady. No, I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> well, I – I didn't follow the NFL that much this year compared to most years, but as soon as they picked up Matthew Stafford of the offseason, I said the Rams are going to win the Super Bowl, and now they're here, so I'm gonna, still going to pick them. Um, yeah, I, I want Sean McVay. I don't know much about Sean McVay, but the fact that you know he's like a top coach and still hasn't gotten it yet, and they spent been to two Super Bowls at 38. Yeah, it's yeah, ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Yeah, so I'll, I'll root for the Rams. So we'll just go around picking who you think is going to win. We'll probably tweet a little graphic of who you picked, and then yeah. So so last week we did this and it ended up going really bad for everyone like we all went two and three so none of us had a winning record um we all picked Davidson (laughs) to win so we all got that pick wrong against VCU we all picked St. Bonaventure to win against George Mason so we all got that wrong yeah I picked those two
1: so
3: uh, I would also luckily we all picked Dayton
0: and they won so at least we got one of our universal picks right but so far like if you make a universal pick, it's been yeah, pretty it's,
3: bad. I mean, it's a curse pretty much. Yeah. We we mentioned it in the podcast, too. Yeah. As we were so we're all that. picking Davidson to beat the Bonds. Okay. I'm True. Well, yeah, you, you <laughs> want to do
0: that. So we'll start with on Wednesday, we have St. Louis at George Mason. George Mason's really hot. They've been dating in St. recently. St. Louis has been killing bad teams, but has been so-so against good teams. Who you guys got? It's at George Mason. Same. This
1: game's at George Mason, too? Yeah, Yeah, they're still at home. I feel like they haven't played a road game in like
0: three weeks. Yeah, I guess they played GW on the road and then played all home games after
3: that. Um, I'm going to go George Mason with that because it feels like they're really hot. They've actually, I mean, they've had some really good wins. Uh, There's some talk on A10 Twitter about them being like a bid snatcher, even. I don't know if they're going to get that hot, but I feel good about them against SLU in this one.
0: Yeah, I think Rothstein's the one who said they're they're a bid potential bid snatcher, which was interesting. I guess I'll go next. I just, I like it's hard to not pick George Mason when they beat Dayton at home and Bonaventure at home, but I want to mix it up. I'll just go to St. Louis because you never know. And I'm still cheering for the the very very very. I'm not I'm not an anarchist person. I'm cheering for the very 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 unlikely three bid league with Davidson, VCU, <laughs> in St. Louis. So. I'm going to go with that. Or Bonaventure could also be in the mix. So I'll go with St. Louis there.
2: Give me Slough. Uh, I think it's close. Uh, I think Oduro is going to have some of his way inside. Uh, Hopefully, uh, because I'm taking Slough, hopefully uh, Collins and Jimerson come through and give that backcourt trouble.
1: I'll also take St. Louis just because of the same focus that I'll take uh, when I look back on the Bonas loss to George Mason, which was incredibly frustrating because how they beat us was essentially kicking it into Oduro and he would be dishing it out to wide-open three-point shooters. I think St. Louis has more depth to handle Oduro as opposed to the Bonnies, because the Bonnies only have Oshun. So I think all the different ways that they can extend their defense may actually prevent St. Louis from falling into that same trap that the Bonnies did. So,
3: yeah, I'll take St. Louis.
0: Sean's a lone wolf there. The lone
3: Wolf. So, yeah, next one up, we got VCU Dayton. That one is going to be at the Seagull Center. VCU coming off a big win against Davidson, who you guys got?
2: Uh, I'll go first. I'm taking VCU. I think Dayton looked kind of rocky against Rhode Island last week. I think going into the Seagull Center with that young team, facing that press, it's an experience that you can't mimic in multiple ways. I think VCU gets that win, although rooting for Davidson to win a regular season title, potentially would be more interested in Dayton winning.
3: I'm going VCU as well. I I think I agree with all your points. You really young team going to the Seagull center like that. I don't Dayton's good. They'll be really good next year. I don't know if they're going to pull it off this year, though.
1: I'll also take VCU. I think their defense is also stepping up pretty well. I don't get how the Monty's got absolutely destroyed by Dayton. I know we've always had trouble playing at UD arena, unless we're playing against another team other than Dayton, because we won tens there last year and we beat UCLA there in the first four in 2018. But for some reason, when we play Dayton at Dayton, it never goes well, but 20 points, I think we lost by like 18 or 20 points. That was, that was a catastrophe. So I don't think Dayton can keep up with them on, on the offensive end because I think just VCU is way, is way too competent on defense to like allow Dayton's like younger guards to really take over kind of, what they unfortunately did against the Bonnies. I know I keep mentioning what they do to us, but that's kind of my perspective I'm bringing here. So give me VCU again. I think they'll, I think they'll take down Dayton again. So, so
0: is
3: it, is it kiss of death time Cole? Yeah,
0: I guess we'll give VCU the kiss of death. I I'm also going to go VCU. So unanimous. Pay.
3: Oh, um,
0: I have to you. do with everything so far though. I mean, Dayton. Yeah. They, they've probably gotten a little more experience than they were at the beginning of the season, but they probably, I don't think they've had experience with the press or defense is good. I mean, VCU is kind of one of a kind in that respect. VCU beat them at UD arena um, earlier in the season. And I think they've probably even gotten better than that. Vince Williams looks excellent. He's been excellent the last few games. So yeah, give me VCU. So it wouldn't
1: shock me if Dayton won though. VCU's offense can put up clunkers.
0: Yeah, they can, they can miss layups and everything. (laughs) All right. So now we're on to Friday 10 and that's a game that involves little X's team. Uh, We got St. Bonaventure visiting Richmond.
1: I'll start it. I say we win. I have way more confidence in us beating richmond than beating davidson this week i don't see where richmond is really earning any of the hype that they got in the preseason of course i'm saying it as the bonnies have also had a little bit of a uh, less than stellar start but i just don't think richmond ever has matched up well with us at least in this iteration with grant golden grant golden has looked terrible against oshun In previous matchups, going even back to before the pandemic. So, yeah, I I don't feel very worried about playing at Richmond. I think the guard play is not anybody's real advantage, one way or the other, because Kyle often has been struggling a little bit. um, But normally I would say he would have the advantage over Gilliard. So, I really think the three, four, five positions for us would be a better situation for us beating. Richmond. So I'm more confident about us winning
3: that game. So give me the bodies Definitely in that one. It's same. I think golden's definitely looked hesitant recently. And yeah, I would rather take ocean over golden any of the day of the week. Um, definitely going of the bodies for that one.
2: Yeah, I'll take the bodies too. I think, uh, I think ocean will probably get golden trouble as you were talking about. Also Attaways looked actually pretty competent from beyond the arc this season in limited volume. Uh, Like shooting 44%. So I I think that that could be a difference maker as well. Despite Richmond's depth, I think Bonaventure toughs it out the road.
1: Yeah, I'll just say Attaway is the only player. I can get into it a little more when we talk about our game. But I think Attaway is the only player that I think has improved from the Bonnie significantly since last season.
0: Here we go. So now I have the opportunity to make a unanimous pick again. I don't know. I I really want Bonaventure to win. And I also probably think they're going to win. But, well, here's the thing. Do you want me to pick Bonaventure? Because they're your team or not to give them the kiss of death. <laughs> I want one. you
3: to pick whoever your heart desires. Okay. Well, here's the here's the thing. We have a limited sample size on the kiss of death. True. We're two and one where when we do it unanimous picks. So one and two. One and two. Yeah, yeah one and two. But well, so, if you give and, the
1: Bonnies a kiss of death, then I'm definitely giving Davidson the kiss of death when we do Bonnie's <laughs> Davidson.
0: I really want Bonaventure to win because I, I like I've already given up on Richmond. Like they have no chances to redeem themselves. Like it's already they're already way too in the hole. Where Bonaventure obviously hasn't had this season that they've wanted to, but Ah, uh, they could still put together several games and finish like in the, well into the top four. So, I'll, I'll cheer for Bonaventure on on Friday ten.
3: Oh, thank you, and thanks to the piss of death. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so right. Saturday's matchup, we're going with Dayton and SLU. Yeah, Arch Cup part two. Part two, yeah. Uh, and this one's gonna be at SLU with the shape. It's arena.
0: Maybe I'll start this time because I had
3: to do the last
0: one. Dayton just always beats St. Louis and St. Louis is at home, so they're gonna be like favored like on the odds, but um I'll just go with Dayton beating St. Louis again because they always win or they have won that won that game the last few years, even when St. Louis was really good last year. So I'll go with Dayton.
3: I'm gonna go with Slough on this one. I just feel like it needs to even out. Yeah, I like Dayton matching up against St. Louis,
1: so give me Dayton. Plus, I don't think they'll lose to both BCU and St. Louis, so Yeah, I'll go with that. I think Derron Holmes can handle that matchup down low because he does. He did a really good job against Oshun playing against us. So I I like Dayton's chances even to win on the road.
2: Yeah, I also – I was looking at Dayton. I think I'm going to go with them as well. Uh, Inside's going to be, I think, where they could exert some sort of advantage because Holmes obviously down low. I think Amziel can give them problems both in between and stretching it even a little bit. Uh, I think that Dayton will probably win that game. And also, again, I think – up on X just mentioned it but losing two in the same week even though both are on the road uh, I think I'll I think I'll take it.
0: Yeah, so before getting our, into our picks I guess we'll start with some general topics. Uh, one thing we want to talk about is, you know, St. Bonaventure is always hounded and uh, criticized for this is their depth. Uh, they have guys playing near 40 minutes nearly every game so far in the conference, pretty much since Lofton came back from injury. So do you have like a defense for that or do you want to elaborate on, on that and how you'll see it playing a factor against Davidson?
1: Do I have a defense for that? As if I want us <laughs> to not play anybody on our bench ever. Cause that's my idea. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that what's changed um, since the pause that we went on for the holidays and COVID in early to mid-December is Linton Brown, our sixth man off the bench, has been out since then. So that has made the bench minutes really evaporate even more so than they already had been, which is that not they didn't really have much of a bench to begin with. It's confusing to a lot of buying fans because we were hyped up by Coach Schmidt this offseason saying, oh, we have these great transfers coming in and we've improved our depth. Well, we're still not playing the bench as much. And it's clear who the top five are on the roster. I'm not saying anybody needs to be, you know, having reduced minutes. It's just there are stretches of these games when the Bonneys, they give up like a 14 nothing run or something ridiculous and nothing changes. And at some point you just have to like kind of mix it up and try to get some kind of different look for the other team, just to give some kind of, spark off the bench. I also think sometimes the five guys do coast because it's hard to be playing for 38, 40 minutes a night. Even if you are in the best shape, it's, it's hard for them to keep that up. So naturally they do kind of like what you would see in an NBA 82 game season, which is, you know, not taking off possessions because that makes it sound like they're not trying, but like they have to conserve some energy at some point. So that's why I, I I personally wish we had a deeper bench. I think Quadri Adams for us has done a, especially a good job and deserves a few more minutes. I hope Linton, Linton Brown, The we don't know exactly why he's out, so it's a very confusing case. So we just hope he comes back pretty soon. But, yeah, other than that, we there's not really much of a bench. Kareem Koulibaly is Oshun's backup, and he does pretty well on offense, but his defense is very suspect. So that's why if you see him get roasted by, like, Brekovich a couple times, he's not coming back in the game.
3: So that being said, we've seen a little bit of a regression from Bonaventure's defense. Do you think that is due to the fact that we have all these? I mean, I know they were playing a ton of minutes last year too, but maybe it's even more aggravated due to the fact that we haven't had as many COVID pauses this year. That's why we're having Bonaventure's defense regressed is because these starting five are playing pretty much the entire game and they're tired.
1: I don't know if it's that because they were last year, although the games uh, happened less frequently because there were, you know, eight sometimes they'd have seven eight ga- days without a game in between them but i i just think the guys have tried to play more offensively than they did last season like they've tried to go more up tempo on offense and while that has made them a pretty good team on offense let me see what ken pom says exactly what us at. i think we're at top 50 yep we're 48th in the country on offense which is good but our defense has fallen down to 158 which is odd to me because i look at us as having maybe not as good of a defense as VCU but at least we can hold our own i think we did in our one matchup against them a few weeks ago so it's very confusing to me and i think it's just because the guys have decided to go more up tempo on offense and that's led to just more more defensive possessions where they you know will give up easy baskets and and the three pointers which are the bane of my existence and will be probably what does us in on tuesday against you guys <laughs>
0: So I had a question now uh, for Sam and it kind of relates to the bench, like we're talking about the Bonaventure, but with our bench, um last I guess so for half of the VCU game, for all of the Fortin game, and for all of the second VCU game and all of the LaSalle game, we were without Grant Hoffman, who's our backup point guard um mostly for for foster lawyer. He should, from what I've heard in the and the rumors, be returning for tomorrow's game. Um, how big of an impact do you think that'll have for Davidson?
2: I think it's a massive impact. I'm a big Grant Huffman fan. I think offensively he's added that in-between floater game that has helped us in crucial moments. I believe he had a couple big ones at the end of the shot clock against Richmond. And also defensively. I think that's where his biggest impact is. When there are bigger guards that handle ball, Bob needs to switch a little more. Grant Huffman's a good option to play either in place of Foster Lawyer or alongside Foster Lawyer. I just think there's more flexibility on the defensive end when Grant Hoffman is healthy and available. And against St. Bonaventure, with guards that love to run the pick and roll, I think Hoffman's presence could be huge.
3: So, speaking of hitting threes against Bonaventure, we've been struggling a little bit in the last two games. In hitting. Oh, threes. do we have
1: the right recipe for you guys? Uh, a lackadaisical perimeter defense plus a perfect gym to hit a bunch of threes. So, yeah, that'll probably had, change. Like,
0: we had like three against Fordham and maybe something like that. We had we
3: had three against VCU. We, we had
0: think. yeah we had yeah the first one against VCU we were fifty percent. We're like we we're like eight of sixteen or something. But the next two games were like three threes, which is by far crazy low.
3: Yeah, and yeah. I think I think while there could be a recipe for success for us, I'm a little bit concerned about kind of the star power that we have on this team. Lee has kind of disappeared in the last few weeks. He had six in the first game against VCU. He had he played really. Hesitant against even Lasalle this last game. I know he had fourteen, but he kind of just disappeared for key moments. Um, mostly,
0: they were mostly free throws, or six of them are free. Throws. Yeah,
3: yeah, exactly. So I think that'll be a big key to watch is kind of this Davidson star power because if we get into a cold spell, I don't know if we can snap out of that.
0: Who who should be covering Lee tomorrow
1: for the Bonnies, I would expect it to be Jalen Attaway. He's our power forward even though he's undersized. Hyung Jin's six seven. So there's a okay, there's like a two two inch difference there. So it's not too ridiculous, but yeah, Adaway will definitely be on him. And Attaway has, like I said before, has been, I think, our most improved player from last season. I don't think I've seen Kyle Lofton or O'Shun take a step further than they were already. Now granted both have been struggling with some nagging injuries, nothing like catastrophic, but definitely like Oshun's back and Kyle's ankle. Those have hindered them quite a bit this season. And Dominic Welch hasn't really changed much. He's a very streaky shooter. Jaron Holmes has done better as a point guard to kind of help out Kyle Lofton because Lofton will play off the ball more this season. But yeah, I haven't really seen him develop that much. But to answer your question, yeah, Youngjun Lee is probably going to be guarded mostly by Attaway. Maybe a little bit of Welch because Welch has a little bit of a, can help guard like longer big men sometimes, but I would
2: expect it mostly to be Attaway.
0: Yeah, Sam, do you have anything to add on with Lee or the threes?
2: I think the biggest thing is, uh, as Davidson fans, we just need to keep the faith in that. I think teams have... Begun to revert to heavy pressure both in our backcourt and as we get across half court to both take shave some seconds off the shot clock and just make life difficult. You've seen the way teams have beaten us is by putting initial pressure on our guards and stymieing actions on the perimeter. Now we've been able to counter that largely through the middle. That's why Luka Doncic is an A10 Player of the Year candidate. He's been phenomenal the last few weeks. But again, I mean, uh, Lilbon X mentions the perimeter defense. If they're going to show up. And be perhaps a little softer than some of the uh, previous teams we've seen. I think you might see some of these guys get back on track. I think the biggest keys we just need to, as Davidson fans, we need to be able to keep the faith that these guys will get right. And a few games cold spells should not have us off the ship.
0: I think, I think, really, ever since maybe seeing I don't know exactly when it started but at least I noticed it the first time when like Bama was pressing us towards the end of that game just how we kind of nearly fell apart there and we saw it in conference you know VCU obviously but Fordham was pressing us like I don't know if it's right but pretty much from the start of the game very I don't know Yeah, um, and then LaSalle whose defense is not as good as those other two found success pressing us at the end of that game you know we looked very flustered we had a 10 second violation so it'll be interesting to see um, what Bonaventure does, how we'll manage it. And then also to watch, like, sometimes we're able to break the press. Obviously, you know, we don't get stopped every time, but like when we do, are we actually able to punish the press and actually score or, um, yeah, what happens there?
2: And to be fair, that has been my biggest concern. When we break presses, we go into our normal offensive actions. We're not, you know, breaking presses and then, uh, getting a layup. And I think that that's a product of how we play a little bit, but it might be an adjustment we need to make as we head into the deeper, uh, edges of conference play and even t- uh, on Tuesday night tomorrow uh, could prove crucial.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if we try to throw in a little bit of press if Davidson struggles with it. I just don't see us doing a whole lot of press this season unless it's like at the end of games. Because of that lack of a bench, you can't really be pressing too often. But Schmidt's known to throw in plenty of wrinkles on defense, so I could, I could see it potentially being something if we're not giving up too many threes early on. How do you think Foster Lawyer matches up against Kyle Lofton? Because I honestly haven't really paid too much attention to Davidson until the last couple of weeks. Like I was not able to see the Alabama game. Unfortunately, I wish I did. Uh, How do you think lawyer matches up against Lofton?
2: Yeah. My, my thoughts on this, I think this is actually one of the key matchups to decide the game foster lawyer in the half courts. Terrific. I think he uses screens very well. He's a super heady player. And I think from that perspective and Lofton's heady player too, but I think from that perspective, offensively he could match up pretty well. And Lofton's, not the biggest uh, guy on the other end of the floor. So I think Lawyer and Lofton or Taylor made matchups for each other. I think offensively, uh, if Foster gets going from deep, it could really stretch that Bonaventure defense. And from there, it's just going to come down to the fact, can Davidson get a secondary contributor outside of maybe Brejkovic?
3: Foster is a little bit unathletic. And so if someone takes him off the dribble, especially in transition um, when there's no help, I will yes. say Lofton
1: is one of Lofton's strengths is going off the dribble either to hit long twos or to get into the lane and get to the foul line. Yeah, and yeah.
2: my point of concern as a Davidson fan is Bonaventure, at least in the past, has been pretty pick and roll heavy, especially with Lofton, uh, and Lawyer sometimes gets mismatched on uh, bigs or opposing wings off of switches. That could be a concern Davidson has to, to keep into, take into account and switch back quickly without jeopardizing, you know, the basket.
3: The last thing I will say about this is when typically what Davidson does when we have when the other team goes and does a ball screen is we double um, and try to help over. But the problem is if you have someone like I mean, I thought Grant Golden was going to kill us, honestly, because he can shoot pretty well. If you have someone that can uh, basically just pop out, a big that can pop out or a big that can roll really hard to the basket and just throw an oop, then we get shredded. VCU did it to us and killed us a few times. That's the only defensive gripe I've pretty much had all season, but I think Oshun potentially could dominate us there if they can figure out how to beat that Davidson
2: double.
1: Yeah, Oshun does get a lot of pick-and-roll opportunities. To the basket, he does not really step out and drain many like mid-range or definitely not any three-pointers. So it would have to be like cutting to the hole and maybe getting by Brekovich and and dunking.
3: I think foul trouble could be interesting potentially too with that just because, um, I don't know, Bochi Edom's done a pretty good job in the backup role, but
2: we'll see. And, and uh, McKellop usually brings him in as a change of pace, switching big. I, I, I love those minutes. I think Nelson's been great the last few games. Yeah, I, And we could see a lot of him actually on Tuesday night, um, especially if Menenga isn't uh, backing down defenders with regularity. Uh, we could see a lot of Nelson just for the switchability aspect.
0: I think he might have got 25 minutes last game, which is up definitely a way up. I think yeah. that ties his like, career high or something so I can start. Um just cuz my answer I, I, this season I would just feel really bad picking against Davidson. Like maybe in another season I'll I'll would be more realistic, but I just don't want to have it on Twitter that I picked didn't pick Davidson. So I'm going to pick Davidson.
2: <laughs> I don't bet against Davidson. Uh, especially Oops. especially in the Riley Center like I know we haven't had the best record uh, but I know we tend to shoot the ball pretty well. And obviously uh, a few of those losses have been one possession type things. Um, I'm I'm gonna go with Davidson. I think they'll drain enough threes, get back on track. Um, I do think Bonaventure gives the Wildcats problems in the pick and roll, but I think uh the Wildcats are people who adjust just enough.
3: I'm gonna be honest, I don't feel good about this. Um I'm, I'm gonna pick Davidson, but I don't feel good about this. You don't want to mix it up? I, I mean, I really don't. I mean, like, I don't want to. Go against it and then remove the jinx. But that being said, I think this is going to be a lot closer, maybe than we're all thinking. I would I wouldn't be, be surprised if we have another triple overtime game. Um, if, if you were to put uh, like I don't, want that. Le- oh. I don't number, want that. I don't number bench.
2: Of, <laughs> the number of years off my life. A triple overtime game. Oh, that's, that that's would take.
1: It was on a Tuesday on CBS Sports Network. So yep, it could that happen again. Point, in February. In February yep. as well. Yep, <laughs> exactly. Like
0: if bon- if that happens to this one team and people are like fouling out. That, then again, that. though, if we lose, Foster's been at four fouls, too. Like, if we lose Foster, that's devastating for us, too. But, yeah. I will
1: say that the Bonnies do a great job this season and not fouling. We've been very um, effective at not fouling, even with the lack of a bench, which has been really necessary, because otherwise I don't know how he would be surviving.
2: But the point to look out for, it's, maybe it's been the Belcarina uh, advantage, but the last couple games, Davidson, I think, has combined for, like, 60 free throws. Um, mm-hmm. And we've gotten teams in the double bonus really early. I don't know if that trend translates to the Riley center uh, on the road in a rivalry game, uh, but they've been really good at drawing fouls. And that's where I think Foster uh, could excel offensively at least.
0: Even, even in the game, not Belk. right before that against Fordham, I think we had nearly Fordham had nearly 30 fouls. It was like 27 or 29 or something, which is absurd. All right. Um. So you, who are you picking?
1: <laughs> oh man. Here we go. Am I going to put my name to Davidson winning, even though everything analytically is pointing to a Davidson win? Everything I saw on Wednesday against George Mason and even against Dayton to some extent tells me that Davidson Ken Palm- is going to drain a bunch of threes. I know Ken Palm does say we are one-point favorites for some reason. I don't know how. I don't know why. But it does say that. It also says we're going to lose to Richmond, which I don't agree with either. But that's neither here nor there. I have plenty of issues with Ken Palm. But anyways, I will – you know what? I'm not coming on a Davidson podcast and picking Davidson. I'm going to take us. I will say that Lofton could outperform Foster Lawyer. I'm trying to talk myself into this pick right now. But I do think Lofton can outperform Lawyer, as you said, with um, – his lack of defense, I think that could be somewhere where we could take advantage. I also think that Hyunjun Lee may match up fairly well with our defensive strengths if we do actually defend the three. I think um, I think he plays into both what Welch and Attaway, whoever may be guarding him, because I may think also Welch would also do some things. Depends on what Meninga's doing. But I think that could be a good matchup where either Welch or Attaway could lock down Hyunjun Lee. And then from there, it's, you know, like you said with your defensive weaknesses of driving to the hole and you know possibly on those pick and rolls getting some open threes for us we've started to go a little bit away from the threes at least against St. Joe's on Saturday which i think is personally good because we're a very streaky three point shooting team so as long as the defensive performance is there i think we have every shot in the world to win this game it's just a matter of if the three point defense actually comes through and you know what i think it's been torching us for so long. I think Coach Schmidt is going to finally uh, get the message across and or the message will at least be received uh, more accurately now. And I will take the Bonnies and the under because we're not winning if the over hits. <laughs> I don't know what the total is, but I'm going to say we're, if we're winning, we're hitting the under.
0: Wow. i I think i think regardless it'll be i had to talk myself
1: into that one guys so
0: (laughs) (laughs) i think any either way i think one thing's for sure i think it'll be a great game and because not only like are we usually a good game against st Bonaventure, but davidson's been a good game against everyone so far basically i I don't know
1: though i don't know though i feel like all the bodies games have either been like 15 point wins or 15 point losses that's true it's kind of the opposite that is true
3: (laughs) so i will know probably in the first five minutes how that one will go Thank you guys so much for being on the podcast. Where can we find your work?
1: Yeah. um,
3: For any Davidson
1: fans who want another perspective at SB unfurled, we are having our own podcast. I don't run SB unfurled, but SB unfurled, he runs it. Um, SB unfurled and friends is our podcast. We just dropped one on Monday. In case you Davidson fans want a little different perspective on how the Bonnies are thinking about this matchup. It's a lot of, a lot of doom and gloom about the three point shooting, but overall we're trying to stay a little positive positive. It's a big game because you all are so close to being a tournament team independent of the uh, automatic bid. And I, I think we're just hoping that we can have another classic game because these Davidson games have been very fun for the most part. And, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at X. It's kind of craziness, kind of nonsensical A10 Twitter memes and, and other stupid posts. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: You can follow me on Twitter uh, at Sam underscore Gold 22. Yeah, that's my Twitter account. Uh, mainly. Uh, me either tweeting about Davidson basketball, uh, LeBron James, or or any other athletes I like. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm as good a follow as uh, Lil Bonnet X. What but-
0: about Chelsea?
2: Oh nah, yeah, there are Chelsea tweets. There oh, are Saturday, you're a Chelsea fan. there, there are there are, oh. Saturday, there are Saturday morning uh, tweets about how I'm disappointed Chelsea can't score goals anymore. But but uh, I don't know. I'm a yeah. Liverpool
1: fan, so uh, well. Can we pack this. I mean, yeah. can we got time now. Well,
2: yeah, yeah. You know, I, I there there are worse teams to be a fan of. You're not an Arsenal fan. It, it's all right. It's all yeah, right. Yeah,
1: that's true.